Back in 1908, Kansas City biscuit businessman Jacob Luce was locked into a bitter rivalry with Nabisco when he had this idea for a chocolate sandwich cookie, unlike anything on the market. The Hydrox had this like really elaborate laurel wreath and this really elaborate font. It was like a very baroque sort of cookie. How Kansas City created the original Oreo. That's on the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. Two juveniles are facing charges related to the mass shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl rally last week. Now a conversation with Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker about what's known and what's ahead in this case and whether law enforcement is doing enough to keep this community safe. Uh, Gene, welcome back. Always good to have you here. Good morning. Well, two juveniles are facing gun-related and resisting arrest charges through the Jackson County Family Court Division, charged as they are as juveniles. How much involvement is your office having in this case at this point? Um, Every um, step of the way, we are engaged, but Family Court is a separate entity from me, um, so I do not supervise or oversee um, those individuals, but we do regularly work together, and mm. we we have been on this as well. Are you anticipating further arrests in this case, or have all the shooters been apprehended as far as we know? So I want to be careful okay. um, where we are at in this moment, um, but I also want to you know, encourage people that um, this investigation is progressing, and um, I, I want to give... Um, a shout out uh, to the at least the two sergeants you know that are that we are working so closely with on this investigation. Um, we've continued to work with them from the earliest moments, and um, we're going to get there. You know, nearly two dozen people were shot, including one fatally. Do you anticipate more serious charges here, Gene, or that they'll be charged as adults in the near future? What about all that? Um, I cannot speak to that. You know, as you know, I've got a couple of um, competing interests here. Of course, the public, um, we want to get them information as quickly as we can. Um, I also have ethical obligations uh, that I have to be mindful of. Right. And so we're we're weighing all of those things. Um, I just want to also, you know, but give that note of encouragement that we are progressing in this investigation. We are getting very, very close and um, soon, I think we'll know more soon. Any sense of how long this process is going to take? No, I, I can't really give you that um, at this moment, but um, this is a massive undertaking. Um, it's massive. Now, I've worked- um, Massive in the sense of the number of investigators on the case? Yes, massive in the sense of the amount of investigative material to go through, um, whether or not that, you know, we ha- there's a lead and we go through that lead and it turns out to be, you know, something that's, you know, wasn't all that helpful. Every one of those leads must be run down. Um, we don't have a, you know, way to know which one's going to be uh, beneficial and which one isn't until we actually do the work and run it down. So um, that's where we are. 
but I also want to be encouraging. Um, we are going to get there. We're going to get there. You know, I think I want to recognize the fact that you're in the midst of this investigation, as you're pointing out here today. But I think what people want to know is whether those responsible for this mayhem last Wednesday will be in jail for a very long time. Will they? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, Let me add to that. That is uh, certainly my aim. Justice is what justice is. So, you know, I can't prescribe what the what justice will look like. Um, but this was a catastrophic event in Kansas City, and we are addressing it with that level of intention. There's been chatter around town, and it's only that, uh, that Missouri stand your ground law could come into play here. The idea of this law is that if a person is in a place where they're permitted to be, they have the right to use deadly force when it's a matter of self-defense. Any thoughts on that front? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts I about bet you that. Do. A lot of thoughts about that. The first thing I want to say is the the expansions of self defense uh, that have been undertaken by the Missouri General Assembly in recent years um, were all undertaken without the request of any prosecutors. So there were no prosecutors, no matter what their political affiliation was, to say, you know, what we really need we need an expansion of self-defense. So that's first. But um, I have the laws that I I have, not the ones necessarily that I want, and frankly, not always the ones that I need. But to be, uh, to add some encouragement here, um, probably my staff um, has the best experience in the state of Missouri dealing with that, that law. I would like to call it Something else, but that self-defense law—it um, is a difficult law for us. It, it, it is, complicates things. I, I hear you saying it beyond complicates it. It, um, you know, it's it's not good public policy. So let me just—that's a baseline for which we should start. Um, it is it is not good public policy. As I sit before you today, um, the public policy that we've really relied on in um, recent years has been luck, luck, luck that not more than one precious human being lost their life at a parade where we were celebrating. Mm -hmm. Luck is not, cannot be our policy. We have to have stronger policy and we have to have stronger laws. Now I'm going to work with every single tool that I have and I'm going to use that very, very experienced staff probably the most experienced staff in the state of Missouri in dealing with um, the laws that I have instead of the laws that I want. Um, But we're going to we're going to be there. We're going to meet it every step of the way. If I'm hearing you right, it sounds like you're anticipating that you're going to run head first into the stand your ground law. And that's something you're going to have to deal with. Um, Not just on this case, frankly, um, most cases. Bluntly, most cases, that's mm-hmm. that's the case. That's just the way that's the way the law was written. We have a, a caller uh, asking the question about why there hasn't been more information released on what weapons were used here. Mayor Lucas was sitting in the chair you're sitting in on Friday, and he mentioned uh, semi-automatic weapons were used, AKs. C- can you comment on that? I think that information has already been made public, so I think it's okay to reiterate. Um, that there were 
multiple guns. There were, um, I would call them long guns, yeah. and there were handguns. And um, that is what the investigation uh, must sort through and prosecutors must sort through. People wonder, how do young people walk into a parade with that many people around with long guns in their possession? They wonder how? Yeah. Here's how. They do it with the support and protection of Missouri law. That's how. That's how they do it. We'll be right back. I want to ask you to respond to what Governor Mike Parson said on our program on Friday. Let's take a listen to this clip. I think we all know we see from all different areas where these crimes are happening, nobody's really being held accountable for them or they're releasing them the next day. What about that, Gene? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. My office is busy. Uh, we don't take a day off. We don't take a Saturday off or a Sunday off or a holiday off. Um, and bluntly, I didn't go to the parade um, because I didn't, not because I didn't want to celebrate with the rest of my community, um, but because I didn't want to have law enforcement agents that had to follow me around and make sure that I was safe. I wanted to take hmm. a little pinch off them. Um, not every public official thinks that way. You know, some public officials really enjoy the limelight and uh, take all the protections afforded to them by their positions. So, and that's, that's great. Um, you know, um, that is, that's their right to do so. But, um, I, I think maybe being more knowledgeable about all facts and circumstances um, before one speaks is is wise in moments like this. I, I think what the governor is saying, he went on to talk about this idea that this is not a problem just in Kansas City or Missouri, but it's a problem in every big city in America. Too many criminals are getting out of jail too quickly is his point. Is there any con truth to that that you're aware of? I think there's there's always places you can you can poke at at the criminal justice system. I'm going to defend my judges here for a moment. Judges um, don't have a crystal ball. They have to make the best decisions they can make in the moment that they they have to make them in issuing bond. Um, we do have bond rules in the state of Missouri that require a constant review of bond. Um, so they are under a lot of pressure. Uh, to make decisions quickly, fast, and we all hope um, always that they get it right every single time. But sometimes with limited information, you do the best you can. You know, there's a lot of concern about juveniles becoming more involved in criminal activity. I know there are diversion programs out there for minor crimes, but does the governor have a point? Do we need to go harder on our youth right away to steer them away from becoming more involved in more serious offenses? I think one thing the governor could do is um, advocate for the passage of a law in the state of Missouri that juveniles are not allowed to legally possess weapons, wouldn't that be a great place to start? Yeah. Isn't that logical? Yeah. Um, and doesn't that strike you as kind of a common sense kind of thing that we could do right now? The legislative session is in right now. Um, that would be a great place to start. Juveniles should not be allowed to possess weapons legally in the state of Missouri. Um, and they are right now. And they are right now. You know, he also said that there is no hope of any gun control legislation passing the General Assembly this session. Absolutely zero. He was unequivocal on that on Friday. 
okay. There we are. There we are. Um, While I have you here, last year you introduced a new approach to handling retail theft on the plaza, which, as many people know, has become a serious problem for businesses and patrons across the country. Is uh, In this new approach, you're trying to be more proactive in reviewing surveillance video early in the process of when bad things happen. How effective is that turning out to be? Is it working for you? I think it is working. It's been... um you know, I, I expect that we'd probably get a, a greater volume of material, but um, that's not to be um, dismissive of the process. So the idea of having prosecutors so early in the game looking at potential retail theft is to take a little pinch off police because um, police, um, you know, I, I think are, they talk about being understaffed regularly. And so we want to I want to try and assist there, and I don't want someone to slide through the system because of that, um, you know, that pressure on the system. And when people are repeat offenders, I want to know them, and I want to be able to take a look at them to get them to the state level for charges. Okay. We have a call here from Jeff from Leavenworth. Uh, Gene, let's take this one. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, yes. I think it's absurd to to think that these thugs could even be charged as minors um, and and tried in the juvenile court. Obviously, murder is a very serious, very serious situation, and they should be tried as adults immediately. Um, I also agree with the prosecutor that there should be a law on the books right now that says juveniles cannot possess weapons. Um, our, our system of making laws takes too long. This should be a priority. We talk well, Jeff, about just to be clear. I, I, you want to ask if violence. parents should be charged you know, in cases like this? Do I hear you right? I think that's his question. Let's go to that. Oh, uh, that is a good question. Whether or not parents um, or um, other adults could be held accountable for providing the weapon to the juvenile and they cause harm. And the answer, the short answer to that is yes. Um, it needs to be. The evidence needs to be there. I need to be able to have a case that I can prove. But that is a that is an area that I am looking at, and that is a place that I have gone before. So you often, you know, we, you've seen it in the past through my office is when a caregiver lives the, leaves their gun um, out, a young person, a child comes and picks it up and discharges it and hurts someone. I have charged parents in that scenario. I, I view this one pretty similar. Okay. That's Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters-Baker. Gene, always appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. You are welcome. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.